Thanks for joining us on Joy Church Podcast. Our Sunday services are held at 1030 a.m. at 4120 Highway 50A in Fernley, Nevada. To stay up to date with what's going on at Joy Church, check out our website at www.joychurch.life. The following message is presented by our senior leader, John Poundstone. This is a very, very, very different message for me to bring. Week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out. I talk about Jesus the Christ and the gospel of the kingdom. Or else I talk about the gospel of the kingdom and Jesus the Christ. I've been asked to bring a special topic this morning. or It still is all of that, but it's a very direct topic. And one I've never really... I've addressed it bit by bit over over time, but I don't I don't think I actually have in a Sunday service in I think it's probably been ten years. Um, and I've never addressed it this fully. So Father, I pray that every single word out of my mouth is for you, of you, like you, and pleasing unto you. Holy Spirit. Yes, of course, guide and direct me and my words, but even more importantly, guide and direct the ears, hearts, and minds of those I am so privileged I get to be with this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Gulp. My objective this morning, and I hope it's the Holy Spirit's objective, <clears throat> is something that I, I like to make up words. Many of you know that. I'm going to call the word convincement. <clears throat> we know that there is now therefore no condemnation in Christ Jesus, Romans 8. Well, of course we know that. We know that, that oftentimes what we hear is the word con- convict. There's no condemnation, but there's conviction. For, for most people, that's normal people. That's a good word. For me, it's uh, being abnormal it's not a great word because I still see, you know, people in striped suits in a chain gang who are convicted criminals. And so um, I think for me, convince is that's just personal. Uh, I'm not saying you should inherit that word, but I'm my whole hope is that Holy Spirit can bring some convincement today. And <clears throat> the convincement lies in this area. See, the kingdom of God. <laughs> You know, the way is narrow. Boy, I'm going to retract that because I just used a scripture completely out of context. Please, I repent, Lord, I'm sorry. What Jesus does say, that if you're not with me, you're against me. What Jesus does say is there's no gray area. You're either in the kingdom or not. And... Paul the Apostle says something very similar, even more graphically, in his epistles. That's not my message today. My whole point is, I'd like to, if I can, help Holy Spirit bring clarity. And for those of us who've been trying to walk the middle for awfully good reasons, or have been riding the fence, fall off one way or the other. Because I think it's way healthier for you, your family, your succeeding generations, 
for those you influence, for our city, for our region, for our state, and for our nation. So today I follow the Apostle's direction to admonish. I do so in love. I do so not in guilt. I do so not in dishing out shoulds. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I do so to help Holy Spirit make your walk with Christ even more brilliant, clear, vivid, even more full of right, the righteousness, peace, and joy that is the kingdom of God, Romans 14, 17, in the Holy Spirit. So tis the season. Debbie, can we see the first slide, please? Yeah, not not to go shop, not that season. Not that season. That's not the season I'm talking about. Tis the season. Tis the, and you go into the stores now, or a lot of neighborhoods, tis the season for trick-or-treat, Halloween, worship of the dead, so forth. Not that season. That's not the season I'm talking about. I'm talking about election season. <laughs> I don't know about you. I can't wait to get past this season and Halloween to get to holiday season. Right? I just wish we could just leapfrog over those suckers. The valley of the shadow. We've got to walk through them. And we have to walk through them well. For now, this is the political season. And it is so important this year. This midterm election. So important. You hear that said every election. I'm just telling you. This year, there are on our ballot in Lyon County and another Nevada counties. This is one of the most important elections that we'll ever have an opportunity to participate in. So, how about those political ads everywhere? Biden, yeah, as an earthly Messiah versus Biden as the first cousin of the Antichrist. Trumpites versus never Trumpites. Laxalt versus Cortez Masto, Sisolak versus Lombardo, and Secretary of State's Attorney General, and this person is awesome and wonderful. No, I'm sorry, he, she is a convicted criminal or should be and is absolutely evil. Aren't, I don't know about you, but I think one of my greatest things for which I'm grateful is DDRs and fast forward. I don't know why they spend all that money. For my house, it does them no good. Because first of all, I vote early. And secondly, we don't watch one minute of those. They're so offensive and so tiring. little personal rant there, no extra charge. I have been asked to respond to the question, what is the Christian's role in elections or Put differently, what is a biblical response to politics? Some of us are very tired this morning, and so I'm going to let you go ahead and take a nap after this next statement. In summary, it's very, the short answer is there are two. Two ways to describe the Christian's role in elections, or two ways to describe a biblical response to politics. Choice one, or a, get in God's ways. Choice B, get out God's ways. 
And now we get to spend the next several minutes explaining that. So in just a minute, I'm going to be making some strong statements. Jesus and the apostles made the same statements, just in different words. Their statements are infinitely more important than mine. I'm going to summarize Bible verses. I encourage you to take a picture of these, and don't take anybody's word for it. Take the Holy Spirit's word for it, what the scriptures say in your own study and your own trusted mentors. Now, I have studied this for years, and I think that my doctrine is sound, but I still hold it with an open hand. Okay? May we see the next slide, please? Here are some of Jesus's and the Apostles' statements summarized, and the, the verses from which I pulled them. We, the church, our mindset must change so that our actions change. Number one, Jesus commanded that very thing. Number two, we are now a different race and family than that of our birth. And our operating system has been completely replaced. How we think, who we are. Number three, we must not be conformed to this world. I'm going to go ahead and read the rest. But be transformed by the renewal of our minds, that by testing we may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. That's the ESV. The TPT puts it this way. We must stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around us, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how we think. This will empower us to discern God's will as we live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. I like to please my friends. I like to please my family. I like to please uh, people who, uh, who know me or I know. I like that. Who doesn't? I don't enjoy displeasing them, disappointing, disappointing them. How about you? When it comes to elections and politics in these times, I have one person to please. My Heavenly Father. So Jesus went everywhere with the same message. The kingdom of God, the Acts Church, preached and demonstrated nothing but Christ and the kingdom of God. Hear this. Holy Spirit, please penetrate. Born again, born anew from above, your situation is utterly and totally different from your identity. Your what, your label, is not your who. Your situation is not who you are. If you are fortunate, you can get a U.S. passport. I'm fortunate that I was born in this country. So is everybody else. Those who've been naturalized citizens or can get a passport legally are extraordinarily fortunate. Among the most fortunate people on the planet. 
That's your what? Your who is different because you were born anew, born again from above. Your identity, your loyalty, and your fealty are in a king and to a king. Not to a nation, not to a flag, not to a political party. Your who is you are a child of God. You are adopted into the family of God. You are a co-heir with Christ. You are a citizen of heaven. Let me retract just for a minute. Yes, of course, we owe a duty of loyalty, honor, faithfulness to a constitution, to a, to a country. You bet we do. A loyalty. But our fealty, our utter commitment, a higher loyalty is to a king. Did that make better sense? Okay. Your earthly citizenship in the USA is your what? In a, na in a natural sense, that's accidental. That's a strong word. It is accidental. In the kingdom, in the supernatural sense, it is immaterial to your identity. It is immaterial to your authority. And it is immaterial to your purpose. You could just as well have a passport from Ghana or live in Kuala Lumpur. Your citizenship, your who, would not change. Only your situation, your what, would. So let's talk about elections and civics and history first. It is entirely fair for you. I mean this. It's entirely, and I say this humbly, not to brag. It's really fair when anybody gets into this topical area like this for you to ask, does this preacher even have room to talk? Does this guy even walk the talk? I humbly submit to you, and I mean that humbly, that I do. For decades, I have studied history thoroughly. I read the Declaration of Independence word for word slowly, and the U.S. Constitution and all of its amendments slowly and carefully, every year, at least once a year. I have for years. I actually have for decades. I registered to vote at age 18, and six months later, I voted in my first presidential election, Richard Milhouse Nixon versus George McGovern. Check it out. That was 50 years ago. I have never missed voting, not one time, in a national election, presidential, or midterm, I'm, or state election. I may have missed two or three local or special elections at most over 50 years. I myself was elected three terms as a county and state level official. I can recite the names and positions of key national and state political, and judicial leaders, senators, representatives, Supreme Court justices, uh, heads of the agencies, the, the uh, cabinet, <clears throat> those who are in, at least really key for what I do. I know our mayor, I know our county commissioners, and I know our just retired county manager personally. They will take my calls. I go to coffee every now and again. 
with those men and women. Just three days ago, I prayed for and with our county commissioners in a broadcasted open public meeting. I do so several times per year. I am involved. I am engaged. So, next, I'll challenge beliefs that are held entirely too commonly. I submit to you, first, to say that the framers of our Constitution and all, all our early laws were not religious, to say that the Bible and Christianity were not the cornerstones of the very foundation of our nation, is an insult to our forefathers, an insult to the clear and indisputable evidence of history, and an insult to, the, to common sense, and worst of all, an insult to our Heavenly Father. Pretty strong statement. I mean every word of it. Please hear this next. To say that affiliation with or adherence to a certain political faction or to a political party or to particular political issues is biblical? Let alone to say that such affiliation or adherence bears witness to one's Christianity? is the very opposite. It's flat unbiblical. It mixes Gospels in the exact way that God tells us not to. And I'm going to go so far as to say that those who are really committed to such things, for it's tantamount to heresy. Heresy is when you go against God's word and it divides his church. It's not heresy if he doesn't divide the church. But I submit to you that much of what has gone on the last many years in that area is not biblical and divides his church. Wow. No wonder I was chicken. Please allow me to share what is a big problem hidden in plain sight. Again, I've been at this for years. We, our nation, our state, are not forming a true democracy, let alone the republic our, far, our founders created. That's true on several fronts. For now, I will focus only on midterm elections, like the one that's imminent. You see, midterm elections are often more critical than presidential elections. It is local government, state government, and citizen referendums that are the bedrock of our nation. Often, it is midterm elections that determine those. This year's elections hold decisions that will affect the quality of our state, our republic, and our future generations. In particular, the Attorney General race, the Secretary of State race, and the three referendum questions on our ballot this year are critical. So, <laughs> what's, the, what, what's the big problem I mentioned? It's the credibility of Christians. First, over time, 
on our watch. We the church. On our watch. Gambling became legal and a revenue source for our very government. Divorce founded the very government of what became by far the most powerful socioeconomic institution in all of northern Nevada, the city of Reno. I'm sorry. Marijuana, one of the most destructive drugs on the planet. Read the medical research became legal and is a revenue source for our government. Brothels and the hideous hideous cost they bring to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and the myriad ways they are destructive to all women and to society, became legal and are a revenue source for our government. Money, outside interests, corruption, and undue influence widely and openly took up residence in the corridors of our state and national government. On our watch, Christians elected and appointed officials rationalize and even justify all those things. I've heard it over and over again with my local elected officials who are my friends and others. They even rationalize, not only do they rationalize and justify, I'm Nevada proud. I'm Nevada proud. You darn right. The nation says this or the Bible says that. I'm going to stand up and be self-righteous. We're going to be Nevadans. I'm not mocking. I'm, I'm not. I'm telling you. What? Just watch culture. Just You don't even have to go to social media. Just listen to conversations. This makes my heart so sad. On our watch, Christians have become among them. I'm going to say it gently. Have become the least informed. The ungently way to say that would be the most ignorant. The least informed of our own federal and state constitution and bills of rights. The least informed of our current laws. And we go so far to blame the education system for that. It's the family's job. It's the parents' job. Supported by the church to inform our children and their children and to model the awesome once-in-all-history event that is our republic and our representational form of government. On our watch, Christians are among the least informed how our actual tax system works, federally, state, local. We are among the least likely to attend the meeting of the city council, of the county commission, of the planning commission, of a school board. I could go on and on and on. Time won't allow. Let me just put it to you statistically. Debbie, could we see the next slide, please? You may have to get up and see this more closely. In 2018 was our last midterm elections. Here are the national statistics. Please, again, feel free to get up and look at this. 
voter turnout has gone from a low of 45.3 percent to uh, to 2018. If you can remember back four years ago, that was a very interesting midterm election because there was so much interest and heat on that election, highest in history, all the way up to 53.4 percent. Almost little, one out of every two voters turned out. That's registered voters. If there were a hundred people in this room, not quite, but if there were, 50 didn't show up. That's of registered voters. Maybe see the next slide, please. In the last midterm elections, this is from the U.S. Department of Census and Nevada State Statistics. I didn't make it up. Easily can find it on the web yourself. At the state level, all classes of voters, Democrats, Republicans, and others, About a little more than one in three statewide. Two out of three did not. Lyon County. The same or maybe a little less. Remember, I'm lovingly admonishing, not heaping guilt, raising awareness. That's of registered voters. But of the population, one in three is not registered, did not register to vote. So that's one-third of two-thirds. That doesn't make a democracy or a republic. That really, really affects the credibility of Christians. To have a say. It, it's more than sad. Because you know what else? I cannot cite you an actual empirical study. I wish I could, but I worked hard at it, and what I'm about to say could be suspect. But I know in past studies, Christian voter turnout, the turnout, Christian voter registration and Christian voter turnout as a percentage of the population, anyway, the statistics are the same or less. This is the general population. The Christian population is the same or less. It may have been different in 2018, but historically, it has been. And again, I can't give you empirical statistics. But there's nothing that counters that I could find what I, what I just said either. And that doesn't even talk about jurisdictions. That doesn't even break it down by state, county, city, school district, etc. Because in certain school districts and 
counties and certain congressional districts and certain uh, precincts. It's even worse. Some are better. But I don't know how your precinct is, your school district is. I kind of know how mine is. Okay, we're going to head for a close. <laughs> Option one. Remember? Opt in or opt out. God's way. Let's talk about opting in. Ignore labels. Ignore party designation. If you vote a straight ticket this year or next election, your children and grandchildren will live to regret it. Next, stop. The big word is internecine. Stop internecine warring. What does that mean? Stop. Stop. Do not participate in this denomination, this congregation. Says doctrine is this way and politics needs to be like this. This one over here says something different. This one over here says something completely different. My gosh, the issue, the significant major issue of abortion alone church after church after church, or same-sex marriage, or transgender or gender issues. You will find churches all over the place that say the whole spectrum. Ministry leaders, high-profile ministry leaders, widely divergent <clears throat> interpretation of the gospel. When there's really only one, no election ever is a single-issue 11 election head is going really fast. No election is ever a single issue election. Every candidate brings a mixture of right and wrong. Every political party's platform is rife with utterly unbiblical planks. There is no hierarchy of sin. So what am I telling you? Pray. Pray. Get Holy Spirit's direction for your vote. Let's celebrate diversity. God always builds unity from diversity. It is good. The, the, the framers of our Constitution knew that. They put it in there. They're saying, I'm going back a couple, 300 years. They're saying, this group over here says this is the wedge issue. And it's this way. And if this group over here says, no, yep, it's the wedge issue, but it's this way. And we have all of that all over the place. Yeah, it ends up a soup, but it ends up yielding the right result, the will of the people, the will of the leaders. Right, wrong, or indifferent. It's much more likely to produce the will of our Heavenly Father. Some voter blocks will be issue-driven. Awesome. This group over here irrevocably says pro this or anti that and will vote that way. Taxes, abortion, regulations, Supreme Court appointments, and so forth. And this group over here is just as irrevocably the opposite way. Another voter block over there is not so much issue-driven as it is character-driven. What's the candidate really like personally? How's his or her integrity? Another group over yonder is, is constitution-driven. Which candidate is most likely to believe in, uphold, and stick to the Constitution? 
Again, I could go on and on and on, but what? But I want to go here instead. I have some grand news. Awesomely good news. It's not too late. We are so fortunate to live in an area. Lyon County, Story County, Churchill County, Pershing County, Humboldt County, Mineral County, Nye County, rural Washoe counties, where we can become acquainted with our officials personally. You can be on a first-name basis with the mayor, the county manager, the city council members, the county elected officials, school board members, even our state-level assembly and senate leaders. It's not even hard. We live in a region where all public meetings are amazingly accessible. Not only that, <laughs> they're, they're, they're not in big rooms and they're very intimate and personal. It's, it's like, it's so special to live in this kind of area. We live in an area in, in all of these counties where ministers, myself included, get to pray to open public meetings. The county commission meets twice a month, second and fourth Thursdays. Every month, they open every meeting with an invocation. And they bow their heads, and they close their eyes, and they mean it. And they do that before they do the Pledge of Allegiance, but they do the Pledge of Allegiance every meeting. It's awesome. Who gets to live in that place anymore? It's rare and special in our nation. And if we feed that, nurture it, help it grow, get beside it, take our kids, it can grow nationally. We live at a time when becoming informed about candidates and referendums and issues and registering to vote and voting has never been as accessible or as simple or as easy as it is now. State law requires that my friend Nikki Bryan, the county recorder, has to send this out by a certain date. Have you received yours? If you've registered to vote, you probably have received your candidate information packet. Tells you everything you need to know about the referendum. It says clearly who's who for the election. Now there are candidates. I have no idea who they are or who I should vote for. But I know who to go ask. What's your recommendation? And then I pray. Did you all receive this? I didn't fill it out yet because I wanted to show it today. How I vote is none of your business. How you vote is none of mine. It's a private, personal matter. However you vote has no effect on what I think of you or how much I love you. I hope the same is true for me. This requires so little actual investment of time and effort that there is no practical excuse for not doing this. Here's the other great news. I mean, I'm carrying some awesome news today. You, your family, your friends, your workplace still have time. May I see the next slide, please? If you want to do it old school and send in your... Registration to vote, you've still got till Tuesday to do it. And they're so easy to go get the form or download it. 
If you haven't registered, you can go to any early voting place starting the 22nd of October all the way through the 4th of November and register to vote. You can do it online up until Election Day. And you got until 7 o'clock at night on Election Day if you go register to vote at a polling place and then get your ballot. Oh my gosh. Who, what? What Christian wouldn't register to vote? Now, as far as voting, I can vote right now. And then ignore the TV ads with good conscience. I can mail my ballot in as late as election day, as long as it shows a postmark of that day. You have time. You can vote in person at a polling place before the election. Again, that's the top piece, or on election day. And if you have one of these that was mailed to you, you can, oh my gosh, I forgot to mail it. The post office is closed. You can turn it in, in person, at a polling place as late as 7 o'clock p.m. on election day. I'm sorry, you don't have an excuse. You just don't. Last slide, please. I told you that there are two choices as a Christ follower, but there are three choices generally. Here they are. And I'm saying it is time to take sides. For our state's sake, our nation's sake, our future generation's sake, for God's sake, opt in or opt out. If you opt in, that means engage in the system. Register, vote, encourage your family to do so, your friends to do so, your workplace people to do so. The statistics are abominable. You can do something about that. Two. No. Still, still on number one. Get informed. I just told you it's so easy. And, 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 and if you don't believe that, I won't tell you how to vote. But I'll tell you how you can find out. And it's so simple. And then, after you have done, after the whole voting thing, stay engaged. Show up at a school board meeting. Show up at a city council meeting. Get to know a city official, a county official. Stay on top of the issues. Your own self, not what somebody else says. Stay engaged. That's opt-in. See, when you do that, you have skin in the game, you have invested, and you have this fancy word called agency. I can show up anywhere and talk about issues or make a complaint or disagree or agree with a county official or an issue. Do you know why? Because I voted. I've earned the right. No, I'm a taxpayer. That doesn't get you much of anywhere. What gets you somewhere is that you voted in the last election. I have agency. Okay, that's choice A. Choice B, you know what? I spent years wrestling with this question. 
I am a citizen of the kingdom. Everything that's in the civil government is not of the kingdom. I know where it came from. It came from Cain and Enoch and then Babel and then Babylon and then Egypt and so forth. I know who gave, I know who's the ruler of it. The Bible tells me very clearly that whole, all of that system is not God's system. It's not under his rule. It will be, but it's not yet. So I can willfully disengage. I can say, I am not a part of that world. It's perfectly legitimate. After careful prayer, I can say, you know what, I'm going to willfully disengage. Instead, I'm going to concentrate solely and exclusively on the kingdom. Well, what does that mean? It means don't vote if you if that's what you're convinced. But that doesn't excuse you from participation. The Bible tells us very clearly that we need to actively pray and intercede. If I'm going to really, really be that devoted, passionate kingdom follower, I better be praying and interceding for my government, my officials, my system. And I need to completely let go of the results of the election because I didn't vote. And that's okay. And we forfeit political discourse. If I didn't vote, I have no right speaking out in public gatherings, on social media, and so forth about political issues. It's no different from me sitting in front of my TV and yelling at Andy Reid because I didn't like the play he made for the Kansas City Chiefs or Eric the Enemy. I'm not on the field. I have no standing whatsoever to talk about that bad call. That wasn't pass interference. I'm not on the field. I have no agency. I can scream all I want. It's of no effect and makes me look foolish to outsiders. Does that make sense? Okay. Those are your two choices as a Christ follower. Engage God's way. Disengage God's way. But there is a third choice. And that goes back to the start of this message. Fall off the fence. Because if you do neither, neither, if you do nothing, not choosing is a choice. Always. By not choosing, you embrace, by writing defense, you embrace all the consequences and you forfeit all standing to complain later. You're just in the position whatever way the wind blows. Blows a pleasant way, a victorious way, a fun way, a peaceful way. Good, good. That's, man, we were lucky. But when it starts to go the way that our culture and our society have the last 30, 40 years. We just have to accept it because we didn't engage. We chose not to choose. So you see my clothes. Make your choice. One, two, or three. Choose wisely. Choose today. I'm saying it is time to take sides. 
impartation, my exhortation, my benediction, and you get out a whole bunch of minutes early today? Because that's all the Holy Spirit asked me to say. Awaken. I lovingly encourage you, urge you, urge you. Wake up. Wake up, O church. Arise. Align with our head. Align with the king. Pray. Listen. Decide. Act. Make a choice. And then act on your choice. Vote or don't vote. Vote with wisdom. Vote as Holy Spirit directs and no one else. Don't vote. Do so wisely. Pray. Keep your peace. Stay out of the fray. Shush. Shut it. And be sure to reconsider your decision next election. And remember, please, please remember, Joy Church, insofar as it is up to me, Bethesda Reno Tahoe, insofar as it is up to me, Kingdom Global Ministries, insofar as it is up to me, Sherry Poundstone Ministries, insofar as it is up to me, everything we lead and everything we are will love you as much, no less, no differently, whatever you do. It is unconditional. Whatever choice you make, we will always love, respect, accept, and honor you. So will your Heavenly Father. I hope I have deposited something in you that helps you to live and move and have your being like it says in Acts chapter 17. God is alive. He is on the throne. He is sovereign. He is always good. He always knows in the end from the beginning. You have a part in that. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you so much for coming today. Thanks again for joining us on Joy Church Podcast. We want to personally invite you to our Sunday services at 1030 a.m. held at 4120 Highway 50A in Fernley, Nevada. To find out more about the Joy Life, be sure to visit www.joychurch.life. See you Sunday.